knowing people, knowing, you know, where to look online. I mean, even just staying educated on top of your game can lead you to some surprising pathways to opportunities. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of The Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast, where my partner, Joe Favorito and I, Tom Richardson, speak of the business of sports with all kinds of different people from the industry. It's been a really fun ride for now five and a half years. Actually, no, Joe, wait a second. It'll be six years. I just realized that we're, we're, we're in January, January will be six years. Well, no, technically we recorded our first show in December of 15. Was that with Neha? Neha, it was Neha? December 15, it was before the holiday break. Yeah. And it yeah. didn't work, remember? We had to go back well, and do it we again. we did the best we could. It was, yeah. and we're, we're still low tech, but that's cool, you know, using Zoom over the last year and a half. But uh, yeah, man, six years. I keep saying five and yeah. a half, but I can now change that to six yeah. and round off. And, so, and just to be clear, so yeah. Tom, you're Tom and I'm Joe. Just wanted to make yes. sure that we had that. There's right. a little bit of a confusion there for a second. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so normally we're talking to friends and acquaintances and contacts from the industry. And we've had so many interesting guests on in 2021. It's been a momentous year. But behind the scenes, we've gotten some outstanding help from our two producers, whose names you guys have all heard, the listeners have heard off and on over the last, since uh, fall of 2020. Mm -hmm. So we're talking to Ben Walsh and Taylor DiBernardo. And hard to believe, Joe, but those guys are graduating from the program next month kind of an amazing aka thing. unemployed so. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll talk about that yeah. but anyway we thought it'd be really nice to chat with ben and taylor they've just been terrific as uh both as students mm -hmm. and as producers of the show and, and as friends and now industry colleagues and it's been an absolute pleasure to work with them and we really appreciate the help that they've, they've given us and i think one of the fun things we've heard this from our old producers joe or you know we, we've kept up with our old producers like maurice eisenman and james appel and roddy and and the rest is that one of the really fun things is this chance to meet so many interesting characters you think about the diversity of guests we've had the topics we've covered the the fascinating conversations we've been it's, it's really been fun not only for us but also the folks that are listening in and helping out and for the mm -hmm. last year and a few months that includes ben and taylor so we thought it might be fun to actually chat yeah. with them today. And in the spirit of the way we handle all these shows, it's very informal, very conversational. As I like to say to people when I describe our podcast, it's almost as though someone's eavesdropping on a lunchtime conversation about the industry or something like that. So yep. we're just going to chat with them about a few different things. And um, Joe, if, if, if you're ready to go, I'll throw out the first question. So... But maybe you want to say a little yeah, bit more. I want to touch on two things. One is, um, while Ben and Taylor, yes, they're students in our class, but they've got really cool stories on their own, no different from some of the other guests that we've had. So I'd love to kind of have them kind of just talk for a couple of minutes about, you know, soccer and for some reason, the Colorado Avalanche and all the other stuff with Taylor. The other thing that, that I, I really want to acknowledge because they did this in a very unusual time is we have never done one of these in person with them. Everything right. that we've done sadly has been this way. And, um, you know, Tom, you and I have picked up the cues of watching video and pointing fingers, which at some point our guests think we're pointing at them, which is pretty funny. Right. Um, but these guys have done a tremendous job and, you know, are going to, I'm excited to hear where they're going to end up. But also, like I said, I think it would be interesting when people say, you know, how do you get students and where do they come from and what do they do? These guys have as interesting a background as anybody we've had, you know, other than probably Maurice, who was like a music producer in Japan before he decided to come. Right. And the DJ. Right. A DJ, right. Yeah, so, or, anyway. or James Appel, the journalist from England. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. And actually, before, before they do, do what you uh, suggest, which I think is a good way to start this, uh, I will say this, Joe, I have never met either Taylor or Ben in person, which is crazy. So we that started this during the pandemic of 2020 when they joined my class uh, in fall of 2020, got to know them via our Zoom class, and then they came on as producers that fall. Uh, and I have not met them in person, which is- And, and by the way, it's crazy and it sucks. And, but it's reflective of We will meet soon enough in person. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, anyway, guys, why don't we just start with each of you kind of more formally introducing yourselves, take a minute or two, 
to uh, to give a uh, fun and informative intro. Sure, absolutely. Well, thank you for having us. I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure being producers on the show. Um, you know, and and your class was phenomenal. It is surreal that we haven't met yet, and we will we will for sure soon enough. You know, I got to got to meet Joe. I have to have another another longer hang with him as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, so uh, you know, I'm Taylor. A little bit more about me. Um, you know, prior to the program, well, I guess let's dial it back. Uh, I did my undergrad at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia. I was a finance major um, with risk, doubled with risk management. I was a bond trader for a hedge advisory firm for five years uh, at a company that there was a satellite office in Philadelphia, but there was also the headquarters in San Diego. So I got to go back and forth between those two offices a lot. I really enjoyed my experience, but you know, I uh, kind of wanted to do something that I was a little bit more passionate about. Um, you know, I kind of hit my growth opportunities and, and wanted to switch it up. And in a we weirdly enough, I got an email about the Columbia University Sports Management Program uh, through Teamwork Online, which I had just registered for in during my undergrad, you know, just because I love sports and, and thought it'd be cool to see what was going on. And, um, you know, I kind of felt good about it, applied and uh, I would, went through the information session that the email was advertising and applied and told my job and they were super supportive. The president and CEO wrote one of my letters of rec and, and I got out of my old job a week before the pandemic hit. Uh, so the markets crashed and burned and I, I missed all the madness. So it kind of worked out really well. Um, but, uh, you know, and then I've, I've thrown myself into this program ever since. And, uh, you know, obviously I love sports, really passionate, played pretty much everything growing up, was a soccer player, striker, um, youth trainer, played hockey was my main sport. It was a goaltender because I was absolutely obsessed with Patrick Waugh as a kid. And I had seven jerseys before I graduated elementary school. Uh, he was my absolute idol. I that's why I played goalie. That's why I love the Avalanche. The, the Broncos won the first two Super Bowls when I was a little kid. Uh, made an impression on me. It differentiated me from my twin brother. I have family out in Denver, and it just kind of stuck. So the Denver, the Denver, uh, you know, fan base, you know, just kind of clicked. And then '03, they got mellow. The Nuggets started to get a little bit more exciting. Got really invested in, into the Nuggets. Obviously, now they have Jokic, and it's even more fun to be a be a Nuggets fan. Um, so that's why my uh, my fanhood resides in Denver. It's actually just there for my 30th birthday last weekend. It was a lot of fun. Um, wow, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So so um, yeah. And then, you know, so in terms of going forward, you know, I, I would you know, I have that analytical background. Um, I would love to work in hockey analytics. You know, I, I think we're hockey operations. That space is definitely somewhere where I would love to be. Um, but I'm also looking into the mental health of athletes. Um, I've always kind of been passionate about uh, mental health space. If there's one little social cause that I feel like I have an expertise in, um, that would be it. So I have a training in dialectical behavioral therapy and would love to be able to use that. Um, but we'll see. I don't know if I uh, want to get my doctor quite yet. So we'll uh, finish the program strong and then uh, go from there with where we are heading. But those are my two potential paths and uh, a little bit about me. So I'm glad Taylor's so boring. Excellent. <laughs> I had no idea he was a twin. I just learned that too. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, by the way, I'm just taller than him. So we don't, we definitely look like yeah. brothers, but I, uh, we're, we're not, uh, we're not identical for sure. So, so now that you mentioned that there are at least four sets of twins in our program right now. Did you know that? There, there are a few. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Ben. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, good to be here, Ben Walsh. Uh, appreciate, you know, Joe and Tom, you guys bringing us on to be producers. It's been uh, a fun ride. I'm definitely sad to, uh, to pass, pass the reins off to the, to the next crew, but um, part of the program. So um, like Taylor, big shocker here. Um, also into sports growing up. I, uh, both my parents were collegiate athletes. Um, so I actually grew up on the sidelines of, of my dad's soccer team. Um, which, where, which is, where, where did they go to school to, uh, Ben? Uh, both my parents went to Harvard. So, uh, See? I, I did not apply to Harvard. Uh, you know, a lot of people are always like, Oh, but your legacy, your legacy. And I'm like, well, have you seen my grades? They, <laughs> they reside in the B plus a minus range. Um, so unlike Taylor, uh, I do not have one city from which my fandom comes from. My, my family actually moved all around. I uh, grew up in Connecticut, 
uh, had a stint out in Cleveland during the, the prime, uh, then Cleveland Indians years in the 90s. Um, wonderful place to grow up. Uh, you know, the, the neighborhood sports scene was, was popping, I guess I'll just say that. Um, so grew up playing soccer, hockey, and baseball. Family moved to Phoenix uh, in the middle of the, the seven seconds or less era. Um, and interestingly enough, I played one season of organized basketball as a kid, uh, sat, on, sat on the bench uh, as an eighth grader with the seventh graders. Um, but it was really during that, that time period that, that basketball and the NBA in particular um, came across my radar. Uh, ended up matriculating at Carleton College out in Minnesota, not to be confused with the Carleton University of Canada. Um, played played uh, on the varsity soccer and baseball teams there. Uh, great experiences, uh, not to forget my experience with the club hockey team, which was uh, arguably more fun than, than both of those other ones. Um, and then I was kind of a classic case uh, of the person who wanted to stay close to sports, um, didn't necessarily have a background in the business of sports, but um, really wanted to stay as close to the competition as possible. So I graduated in 2014, uh, got a few jobs at a couple different boarding schools out here in Connecticut. Shout out Foreman School, shout out Salisbury School. Um, so I you know, spent, spent my early professional years basically making sure that, that kids didn't kill each other in the dorm rooms, um, making sure that the noise uh, stayed down, teaching history, coaching soccer, coaching baseball, a uh, little bit of an interesting experience coaching thirds basketball. Um, although it was probably right at my level. Um, and then after a few years of doing that, I uh, got, got looped in with a really exciting club soccer program called Black Rock FC uh, that was effectively providing uh, off-season training and, and college placement for some of the really elite talents that are coming out of that space. Uh, you know, right now we've got a couple of players playing in the MLS um, in two short years. Uh, between between my being with the program and those kids graduating high school and college, um, they're already making their mark. So really More excited. Uh, Jacob Schaffelberg of Toronto FC and, and Ifu Achara, um, also of Toronto FC. And I know that we've got uh, more that are on their way once, once they finished up their collegiate career. So really exciting opportunity to work with um, some, some really bright kids, uh, wonderful kids, great talents. Um, and, and coming from around the world, that's one of those unique bits about working in the boarding school space is that, yes, you know, are 50% of your students from Fairfield County? Absolutely. Um, but the other 50% are coming from all over the world um, and particularly in the soccer space, which was uh, really exciting for me to have an opportunity to to get to know uh, those kids and work with those kids. And uh, my experience with BlackRock is, is ultimately what, what kind of pulled me back into the sports specific space. I love teaching history, um, but ultimately I wanted to learn more. I wanted to know, you know how I could do my job better. Um, and that's what led me to the Columbia program. So, you know, like Taylor, I ended up applying uh, the tail end of, of 2019 actually toward Columbia's campus uh, with, uh, Roosh, uh, shout out Roosh, uh, the week before COVID. Um, so luckily got in, had a chance to, to see the campus, meet some of the, uh, staff, meet some of the students. Um, and you know, the decision was pretty much made. If I, if I got into the school, that's, that's where I wanted to be. And, you know, a week later I got my acceptance and I also got word that I was going on unemployment. Uh, so I had my, my first experience dealing with the government in that sense, uh, moved home to New Canaan, Connecticut, just down the road from Tom. I uh, still remember reaching out to you, Tom, and being like, hey, you want to grab coffee? And you're like, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, so we still have a, a year plus long coffee date that we need to execute. Yes. Um, but I think uh, we can actually turn that coffee date into a lunch date, if not an all day date. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, um, you know, it's, it's been an interesting year. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, and I'll, I'll be quiet in a second, uh, so that we can get on to some of the other questions, but, you know, I've been on the family plan since April, 2020. It's been great, uh, spending time with with my parents and, and doing Zoom uh, from my, my sister's old room. Um, and here I am still on the family plan. 
Uh, it's been a, a pretty crazy semester with the change to in-person. I'm getting that, that commuter experience, uh, which is a story for another time, but, uh, but life is good. And, you know, whether in person or on Zoom, I feel like uh, program's done a good job supporting us. And, you know, this producing the cusp show has definitely been one of the, one of the, the bright parts of my week. So um, thank you for having us. Hey, it's our pleasure and we thank you. Uh, so speaking of the show, you guys witnessed a lot of interesting interviews. Any thoughts, any memories, any anecdotes, takeaways from your, uh, your time as producers? Uh, Taylor, why don't you go first? Sure, yeah. I, I mean, there's, we've really been, been blessed. We've had some, some incredible guests, it, you know, especially it feels like this year, like every week, is just everyone has been absolutely you know, incredible. Uh, but a few episodes stick out in my mind. Um, so particularly, I really, really enjoyed the Juneteenth episode with Bryant McBride, uh, formerly of the NHL. Uh, you know, that one was, was really, really cool. I, mean, I could listen to him talk all day. I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, also really loved Kevin Carroll, uh, a fellow St. Joe's Hawk alum. So, so that was, that was another really uh, a longer one, but really, really enjoyed his conversation. Just one of those engaging speakers who every word he said, I was, I was captivated. Um, I also like well, if, they, uh, if they could if they could bottle his enthusiasm and energy, uh, he would be a very rich man because that I guy, know right. Like I, I, you know, it's funny guys. It's funny you said that one because I I think I told this to Joe. I hadn't met him until that podcast, mm -hmm. and it's one of those people you meet for the first time within a minute or two. I was just like blown away. Like this guy has something special, and that was a really fun conversation. What an inspiration he was. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. I have, a, I have a Kevin Carroll postscripted. I'll get to after Taylor talks, by the way. Okay. Sure. Yeah. No, it, absolutely incredible. Um, I really love the the faculty podcast we actually did to round out last year. It was really, really cool. Obviously, having a lot of professors and then some of the professors that I didn't have yet that I'm either having now or getting to know outside of the program since I didn't get to take them. So that was a that was a really cool episode when we had like all of uh, the faculty on uh, at the end of last year. So I would also add to the list of amazing guests, uh, Nicole Hogan, who now works for the New York Islanders, really, really loved her story. You know, seeing someone from Australia who came into our program and is now working in the hockey industry and loving what she does is, is pretty surreal. Uh, and then also I would lo uh, love to give a shout out to Mike Tannenbaum, former executive uh, and GM, uh, you know, with the New York Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. You know, he was uh, one of our professors last year and it was pretty surreal to have him at the beginning of you know our podcasting journey here he was on the cusp show and then now as we're graduating to see him on pardon my take which was one of my favorite podcasts before doing this program if not my absolute favorite podcast and having him on in the same week of uh hall of famers you know it was nfl hall of fame week uh calvin johnson and then peyton manning obviously being a big denver broncos fan it was it was cool to have Mike Tannenbaum on on the same week and and go full circle all the way from the cusp show to pardon my take so pretty pretty amazing list of guests that we've had um those would probably be my highlights but uh um what about you Ben uh well I I did have uh the Kevin Carroll episode just right front and center uh on, on my notes here as well so I agree and hey maybe if we bottle that enthusiasm you can sell it as a combo pack with some uh TB12 sweat, perhaps. Oh, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking an, an NFT is, is the way to go, guys. Oh, an NFT. Well, well, speaking of which, and, and Taylor covered some of some of my favorite episodes as well. Um, for me, it was really cool to hear from some of the other guys that that are currently in our program or who have been in our program. Two of my favorite episodes were uh, Money Blade, which also still continues to be the coolest title for any of the episodes that we've done to this point. <laughs> Um, but hearing from, from Michael Alfred-Tig, who's in our cohort, who um, is the head coach of the Columbia, Columbia fencing team, um, that was really awesome. You know, my, my uh, older brother actually was a junior Olympic fencer growing up. Um, he's got some stories, he, you know, purchasing weapons in airports on his trips as a 13-year-old down to Texas, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the, in the fencing scene. But um, hearing from Michael was, was really cool, how he's kind of revolutionizing uh, the sport of fencing, you know, bringing analytics into the situation, and then um, having a chance to, to see how he's interacted with some of his fencers. I know that 
Um, me and some of the some of the other folks in our cohort are, are planning on going to some of his his matches uh, this year, which we better. I'm going to get a lesson, by the way. Better, do, better do sooner rather than later. Yeah, he was well, one hey, of the first people when I was on campus that I actually went to his office and was like, I got to I got to say hi and talk to him. He's yeah. such a great guy. Joe, if you do take a lesson, I would say go with Epe. I would avoid Saber. I would yeah. I would avoid Saber at all costs unless you want to be uh, taking ice baths for the next week. <laughs> um, the, the other the other uh, podcast that I really enjoyed was uh, with Lyle Adams, um, founder of Spry, the NIL platform. Um, just re really cool to see uh, somebody else who was a part of the program who's kind of jumping in on, on something that's totally new to, to all of us and, and seeing how he's doing. He's uh, brought a bunch of other Columbia program alums in to work with him as well. Um, so, you know, having an opportunity to, to hear from him on the podcast and, and connect with him outside of the podcast has been uh, great. Lyle actually uh, was the referee for our inter-cohort yeah match soccer match on Ben's birthday <laughs> um so he had he had yellow cards and red cards he had the whole the whole outfit um fortunately no cards um mm -hmm. lastly I would say the the other two that that really stood out to me um were some of the more innovative episodes so Green Park Sports with Tony Grillo uh and the Zed Run uh podcast were, were really interesting to me just because you know coming into the program, it's like, all right, you know, you're aware of the NBA, you're aware of, you know, some of these different leagues that are popping up, but um, to hear from, from some of the folks who are working on these kind of other, literally like otherworldly meta, you know, universe style uh, innovations are, has been really cool. So Joe, we'll have to, excuse me, uh, Tom, we'll have to hear an update on how your stable is doing at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, would love well, to. Hey, Ben, it's, it's on the blockchain, so you can go look for yourself. That's go check it out. Transparency is beautiful. <laughs> well, hey, I, I try to avoid going close to any of the sports gambling stuff because I know that I'm, I'm certainly prone to, uh, I think I have certain addictive tendencies, and um, I know that, that getting into uh, Zed Run would be, uh, uh, let, let me just put it this way. I am, yes, as you said, currently unemployed, and I need to make sure that I keep my finances straight. I will just leave it at that. <laughs> um, and, then, and then lastly, the last two that really stood out to me, um, the Right to Dream episode that we just did with Eddie Mensa was awesome. Um, I've had a chance through, through my time teaching at schools and working with the BlackRock program uh, to work with a lot of the Right to Dream students. Um, and so to hear from the guy who's in charge of it all, the guy that's that's leading this wonderful program that's helping provide opportunities for um, some of, you know, Ghana's brightest, uh, brightest young kids um, was, was really special to me on a personal level. Um, and then, I mean, the podcast that probably was unlike any other was the dark side of boxing with Ludabella. I was waiting for someone to talk about Ludabella. We, we recorded that a couple of weeks ago and, um, to really hear from somebody on, on an emotional level, kind of looking back and reflecting on his life um, in a sport that, to be honest, is, is quite complicated, I think was, was really fun. You know, I think people have the tendency to come on podcasts and let loose a little bit, but, you know, really felt like he was giving us, you know, his, his real take on, on his experience in the industry. So those were really the episodes that stood out to me. There's so many more, but uh, I'll leave it at that. All amazing episodes. There's one actually that I I don't know how it escaped my mind. That was I think one of the most surreal ones for all of us as well, which was Mark Messier in March, Hall of Fame New York Ranger. I mean, as a hockey fanatic, I mean I, that one, I, I couldn't even believe we were on the same screen. Just us and and Mark Messier hanging out for an hour. That one was pretty surreal. And now he's on, you know, he has, he's on a on the actual broadcast now. Was he with TNT or ESPN? I can't remember. I'm still getting used to who's on which one now that they switched. Yeah, I think he's on ESPN. Um, he's got a book, by the way. Let's tap Mark book that he did with um, Jimmy Roberts just came out. Yeah, and I'm seeing his Akiza CBD water, like every like, has a CBD all water over too. So it was this big promo thing. Yeah, at the moment. that was you know, pretty surreal. You know, I was going to say, Ben, that I'm, I'm glad you brought up Lyle and Spry mm -hmm. for a specific reason. When when Joe and I started this, I had I had really been influenced. I was an early podcast devotee when Apple put it on my iPhone, I think, in 2014. And what I just really appreciated is how people opened up more. They were just more 
honest. The, there was no time limitations. In, in the early days, there were no advertising. There was no advertising. Um, and I just really appreciate the fact you get to know people a lot better in a podcast than a typical interview you'd see at an industry conference or in an interview on TV or something like that. And I, I had read about and learned and studied uh, the StoryCorps initiative, which is the idea from the Library of Congress to capture, yeah. quote, human being stories. Everybody's got a story. Whoever you are, wherever you live, whatever age you are, you got a story. And they literally set up mobile recording studios around America to capture people's stories. I think it's still intact. It's called StoryCorps. And I believe, I know at various points when people ask me about the show, I say, I think of it as the story core of the sports business, like all different kinds of stories. And what I like about the Lyle story, and there are plenty of others, but there's an example of a guy with a great education, an impressive resume, worked at Uber for what, five years or seven years. He probably could have gone anywhere he wanted in the sports business, but he chose to be an entrepreneur and do the hard work of an entrepreneur. And I have a huge amount of respect for entrepreneurs. And that's Stuchin, who's a good friend of mine and, and Joe's industry guy who runs the digital media stuff for the NFL, the, the biggest, the biggest, baddest league in, in America. And to see the, um, the two poles of literally, you know, guys that are just doing startups from scratch and then people from the leagues and everybody in between, to me, is one of the really fun things about this. And hopefully more, uh, the reason why I think it's really important is for the for the young people in the program, they can see when they look at the thing called the sports business, there's just so much opportunity along that continuum from large companies down to small. So I think of our old producer, uh, James Appel, who's now, as Joe probably knows, working for Verizon in a marketing role, and a guy like Maurice who went into esports, and you know the list goes on and on. So it's just a reminder that there's a lot out there, a lot of options out there, and it's good to hear the stories and hopefully it provides a little inspiration. I, I would just say to the StoryCorps comment, um, I don't think there is a, a media product that has made me tear up at, on a more consistent basis than StoryCorps. Um, you can catch me, you can catch my eyes welling up at 7.30 in the morning when I'm driving to work listening to NPR and StoryCorps comes on and I'm like, uh-oh, here it goes, here, here it comes. So um, that, that, those emotional connections and the, and the stories and, and StoryCorps, and um, I, I have not cried on this podcast yet. Maybe today's the day, um, <laughs> but, but, but we'll see. We'll see if we can make you cry. Um, Joe, where, where, you, where do you want to go next? Um, I'd like to know from these guys um, the biggest surprise that you've learned both in the industry and um, in the classes that you've taken, especially since neither one of you took my class, but that's a different story. Um, uh, and then also what, what are you most excited about going forward? Like what, what are the opportunities, not just for you, but you see for other people in the industry? So what'd you learn the most and what are you looking forward to the most? You want to go there? Silence. I'm, I'm trying to think of the biggest surprise. Go ahead, Taylor, uh, you go first then. Taylor's sure. ready to jump. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's funny because I guess, you know, as as much as I pride myself on having a, a wide breadth of, of knowledge throughout all the sports industry, you know, passionate, played everything, there is one space that I am not an expertise in, and that, and that is definitely the the college and the nil space. Speaking of Lyle, and, you know, he was he was one of my partners in one of my first group projects, and, you know, I, I you know, have a, a lot of other friends in the program who really passionate about nil so the more and more as as the world is learning about as as nil's been un, unfolding and there's different legislature and and different ways of people capitalizing on it that has been probably the biggest just learning experience for me um so that would definitely be one um second i guess i would say probably just the whole navigating the, the sports industry during the pandemic you know seeing how seeing how everyone reacts and and you know not only just from business standpoint but from a fan standpoint coming into you know get being able to go to games not go to games what are you know wearing masks who's you know who's going you know able to go when where wh why i mean it's there's all kinds of different tolerances and it's been kind of a roller coaster to think about where we started when we came into this podcast and where we're at now we're kind of at full capacity yet you got this delta variant i mean it's just been kind of surreal it's nothing like you know any of us have ever experienced or even envisioned when we started or wanted to get into sports so 
um, just kind of the roller coaster that is the, the novel coronavirus pandemic, I guess, would be the biggest, uh, you know, surprise to me. But I think we've been continually, you know, learning and, and growing. And, and if anything, when we get out of this, even though it's not going away forever, I think, you know, we'll, we'll be even better, uh, you know, equipped to handle any adversity that comes, you know, after this. So. And yeah, I, was, I would say my, the biggest surprise for me actually couples with the thing that I'm also most excited about, which is, you know, when I originally applied to the program, uh, I was doing so under, under the assumption that I was, you know, going to stay in the school space, that I was going to uh, graduate from the program and look to get into uh, interscholastic sports um, in the form of, you know, athletic departments. Uh, and basically, since joining the program, I've actually pivoted significantly. Um, and so I'm maybe not surprised, but uh, excited by the fact that I'm looking to hop, you know, hop left to right here and, and go from the, the sporting experience within schools to exploring um, some more opportunities uh, on, on the team league level. Um, and that's, I would say, has been exciting, but also it's, it's been a little bit of anxiety producing as well. Um, you know, I always kind of saw myself as, as somebody that was uh, a good fit for schools. It was where I was comfortable. Um, it was where, you know, I'd had a lot of success in my life. But by the same token, I, I had never really had the opportunity to experience the broader sports industry. And so something that's been really exciting for me as being a part of this program is having the opportunity to uh, do some internships with uh, some companies that are not necessarily school-based um, to hear from so many people. Yes. Some which are working in that, you know, college athletics or, or right to dream high school space. Um, but exposing myself to uh some of those other opportunities that are out there has been really exciting for me. So, you know, moving forward, that is the big question. Where am I going to make my entry into this space? Um, as I've heard a thousand times, it's the kind of get your foot in the door clause. So that's been my primary focus uh, over the past several months has been um, trying to figure out where within this huge industry I might be uh, the most useful and, and what's going to pair well with uh, what my hopes and dreams are for uh, the next 10 years of my life. Because, you know, as somebody that's kind of moved all around throughout my life, I think I'm uh, the, the kind of person that, that will try to play the ball where it lies in the moment. Um, but I'm also somebody that's, that's quite flexible and not afraid to pivot. So, um, so we'll see, uh, we'll see where, where that ends up happening. All right, related, related to that, Ben and Taylor, you guys got to hear the answers to the question we ask everybody. Can you please give us and our students some career advice, some career thoughts? You, you got, you're on the front lines of the, all those dozens and dozens and dozens of answers over the last year and a half. Um, did that help you? Was that, was that valuable stuff? And if so, what key takeaways do you have just from that in, in the aggregate? Absolutely. I mean, for me, it was, it was, you know, both uh, encouraging, you know, to get such great advice and also validating that, you know, current practices are in the long term going to be, you know, effective and, and, and worthwhile. I, I, you know, it's funny, whether it was said explicitly, explicitly in this way or not, almost everyone had some kind of version of, you know, be authentic and be yourself and, you know, go, go towards what, you know, play, play to your strengths in some regard, some kind of twist on that. And, and that's all that's, you know, all you can really, you know, ask for is to be yourself and, and try to, you know, dominate in the space we want to be in. So, so that was really, really good to hear. Um, obviously a lot of people had, you know, networking advice and other things like that, but um, a lot of passionate answers about how to stay smart. And I've, you know, continually, uh, you know, I, I love the score. I, you know, I gotten even more and more into Twitter thanks to you, Tom. And you know, there's, there's, you know, even just having the resources, knowing people, knowing, you know, where to look online. I mean, even just staying educated on top of your game can lead you to some surprising pathways to opportunities. And that's even how I got my summer internship. You know, I, I one thing led to another, and and 
you know, you, you meet connections and you find out different spaces and all of a sudden, you know, you, you have a placement. So um, definitely a lot, a lot of good advice. And uh, we've had a lot, a lot of smart people on this program, on this podcast and from our program. And, you know, I, I definitely, everything that's been said, I take to heart. So it's been very valuable. Yeah. And, and I would say that, you know, we, we got pretty much every angle of advice um, through, through all the folks that we had on, but, you know, being present, being engaged, asking good questions um, and communicating are, are the big ones for me. And I would say um, from a student standpoint, uh, speaking student to student, um, to be honest, speaking to myself a little bit as well, um, it's really just, just keep the faith. You know, trust, trust in yourself, trust in your abilities. Um, you know, we've all been turned down uh, by employers that we wanted to work for at one point or another. Um, but, you know, making sure that you believe in, in what you can do, even if you're not exactly sure what that might be now or in 10 years or 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, I'm sure Tom and Joe, you guys have pivoted to certain degrees here and there. Um, but as Taylor said, it, it really comes down to knowing yourself and knowing the ways that, that you can help other people succeed in what they're doing. And so um, regardless of where you end up and, and what it is that you're doing, I think that's, that's really the, the thread that, that stands out to me is, you know, how can you be there for other people? Because at the end of the day, you know, just like we learned as, as, as kids or, you know, as weekend warriors playing uh, the sports that, that we love to play nowadays, um, same thing runs true in the office um, and working in team environments. So supporting others, um, I think ultimately is the best way to, to support yourself and your cause as well. So it's funny, Tom, Ben, as uh, the line in the old song used to say, coming from the son of a preacher man, Mentioning keep the faith actually is pretty good. I like that. And, yeah, uh, don't, don't check my church attendance though. Yeah, okay, yeah. don't check my church attendance. <laughs> uh, you well, know, it's interesting, yeah. it's interesting to hear. Um, you know, of course, the advice we got in every show was be short sighted, useless, and greedy too. You know, you forget to mention that. Everybody always talked about that too. Um, but you know, I, I think it's you know the, the reason why we've been doing this now for almost six years and is to to hear the voices that are sometimes not the biggest, but often are the most intriguing. And the beauty of it is I think that we we learn something. I mean, I learned more about Taylor and his first five minute kind of soliloquy than I did the entire year that, that we've been doing this. So, uh, uh, and I think that's tremendously valuable and, and it's great for you to hear that, but also as Thomas pointed out time and again, the shout out to the people who happen to listen to this to tell us who, we, who else we should be talking to. So, you know, we're gonna be looking at you guys to, you know, kind of throw some guests as you go from the unemployed to the employed pretty soon too. <clears throat> yeah, and I think, you know, one key takeaway I believe has been quite evident in from virtually all of the guests when we ask them to tell their career journey. And you guys hopefully can appreciate this by this point. No one had it mapped out. No one knew what was coming. No, no one could predict where it was going to go. And the, uh, the reference to, the, to Robert Frost poem, you know, with the famous line, way leads on to way. It's like, you just get out there, as Joe says, you just show up, you, you know, you just work hard, you, you be a good citizen of the industry, you meet people, opportunities will come up. It's, it's inevitable. And, and everybody who told their stories, you guys have to admit, virtually everybody, except maybe for a guy like Messier, you know, who was a high... Uh, a high pro, you know, level prospect as a hockey player, even as a teenager. Um, no one really had it mapped out to the point where chance and serendipity wasn't a really big part of their careers. Yeah. You know, the, the fateful <laughs> phone call I got when I worked in a publishing company where, where my friend there knew somebody at the NFL. That's how I got into the NFL was through yeah. my friend saying, hey, you should talk to the, a guy who's looking around for somebody in publishing. Yeah. Anyway, what, what, there's a zillion examples yeah. of that. I, I really think that's an important takeaway from all of, of these conversations because I know there's a lot of anxiety with people, young people in general, about employment and future career development. And certainly the program where there's an expectation that in a pre-professional program, there'll be lots of opportunities. But whether it's a chance to meet all these guest speakers that come into the classes where you can have a nice, warm connecting point with them or in your guys' case, you know, meeting them to the podcast or whatever. There's just so many ways 
to actually activate that advice, in my opinion. Mm. And I think the smarter students and, and more successful students as it relates to career development are the ones that actually think about that and act on it. Yep. And, you know, I, I think the best example before we kind of let these guys go, one of the ones that sticks out when you talk about that is for those who haven't listened to the podcast where we had Nick Nurse, the head coach of the Toronto Raptors on, you know, he talked about randomly driving by an arena when he was coaching in the Continental Basketball Association, deciding to stop in and it launched a career in coaching that that he never would have thought he was going to have. So amazing. So. Yeah. And Joe, I think related to that is, is I think my number, my favorite takeaway from the career stories of 2021 is the answer from Roman Taroni of Zed Run. How did you get the job? He was an early Zed Run aficionado, went into the Discord channel of Zed Run, which was pretty small at the time, and interacted directly with one of the chief executives at Virtual Human Studios, suggested that they hire somebody in the US. And I think it was within a couple of weeks he was hired. And to me, I mean, I was blown away by that story. And it's a reminder to everybody that fortune favors the bold. Put yourself out there, ask for the order. You got nothing to lose. If he did not do that, he probably would still be unemployed because he admitted, if you guys remember, he was unemployed yeah. at the time. So yeah. good for him. Cool. Anyway, if you, if you guys want to shoot a couple of questions to us before we wrap, uh, happy to, uh, to answer anything you got on your minds. Well, I was curious, I guess, what is, are some of your favorite moments during our time, you know, here, uh, obviously we listed a ton. That's okay if they're, they're mutual. Um, and others, I guess, any advice for us as we transition out of here? I mean, I, I, I we've heard from a lot of great people, but your, both of your uh, input are extremely valuable to, to us. So we'd love to hear. And I honestly can't remember which ones were when, but Robert Hess finds <laughs> right. a chess. Well, no one, but Joe, the good news is no one else will, no one else listening will remember yeah. either. So go for it. Yeah. So, so uh, our, our chess one is really important. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, no, but every one of them, I think we listened to something different. I mean, that, that's kind of the goal. And we try to go into it looking at who our guests are just to have something different. We've had so few repeat guests. I mean, we've had probably Zach Wiener, Len Elmore, Scott Rosner, obviously. Buster share. We've had Brian Bryant a couple of times. Yeah. Brian McBride a couple of times, but uh, you know, I think the goal is to try and find a little bit of a nut or, you know, another acorn on the tree that we haven't touched on and, and the beauty of it. And if you look at the last week, even Tom with crypto and um, all the other things that are going on, it's kind of an endless flow of, of, of what we can do that we have never touched on. And frankly, when we started this five years ago, probably would have never known at that point too yeah. and i think that's no absolutely and, and the are you know related to that shows I, I think in answering the question one of my favorite shows from 2021 was will leach founder of deadspin so i had an image I, I shared this with joe i believe i had an image of will leach because i was a reader of deadspin and i followed his career and i, I read him in new york magazine and stuff like that he was completely different than i imagined and i loved his honesty, his authenticity, his, you know, quirk, his quirkiness, and I mean that in a positive way, people that can be really honest and open and authentic in these conversations, to me, is the most valuable stuff. When I'm listening to podcasts other than The Cusp Show, and people are just bullshitting their way through answers and saying the same old, same old, I literally just don't listen. I just stop. Yep. And you can tell with people. On the other hand, when people are really honest, and one reason, whether you love them or hate them, guys like Joe Rogan, Howard Stern, uh, Tim Ferriss, I mean, all different types, uh, three really different examples. But one reason they're so successful is they get people to really open up and be honest. And there are times when these guys go deep, 90 minutes, two hours, two and a half hours. And some people say, well, how could they possibly do a show for two and a Well, if it's a good conversation, it works. But the, but the burden and the onus is not just on the interviewer, it's on the guest to be really good kind of bringing it uh, in the best way possible as an interviewee. And Joe and I often say, when we think about people we wanna to talk to, the ones that at least we know or know of, we, are, we try to be discriminating and finding people who would be willing to be a little bit more open. Because God knows that is not the case, for example, at a lot of industry events where there's just a lot of corporate speak and stuff like that. And, and sometimes it can be helpful and interesting 
it's not the same. I think you guys know what I'm saying, like a podcast conversation. So anyway, Will was an example of that. And boy, what an interesting career he's had as a journalist. Cool. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got one question for, for both of you as well. Um, and it's a little bit of a two-parter, but if you could have any guest on this show, uh, please pick one who is currently active and then one from the past, somebody who is no longer with us uh, dating as far back as human existence and any thoughts on who you would love to have on the pod. Wow. Um, I wish you had given us advance notice of that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll give you one. Go ahead, Joe. No, go ahead, Tom. Okay. So for current, um, all three of you know my bias with this this individual. I would love to have Ted Leonsis on the show. We could do that. Yeah. And we we probably can because, you know, both Ted and I know him, uh, uh, Joe and I know him slightly and Joe's friends with Zach and I've met Zach too. But one reason is... And, and you guys know this about me. I love how he is able to explain the craziness that is the future we're facing you know, with uh, technology and digital and stuff like that. And he breaks it down so simply and, and so elegantly in virtually every, every time he speaks publicly. So when in the early, one of the, one of the quotes that will probably live throughout history of, of sports and entertainment business is, when he described the early NFT craze back in, I think, Q1, I can't remember the exact date of this show, but it was, he was on a panel and he called this the birth of a new internet. And I hear stuff like that. I was like, okay, if a guy like Ted Leonsis is saying birth of a new internet, I'm paying attention because he has been right all along. Uh, he goes way back. He was an entrepreneur as a young man. He sold his original media business when he was 27 years old. He's always been ahead of the curve. And he speaks when he's in public way more authentically, in my opinion, than most other people in his position. So, Joe, maybe we can make that happen in 20. Yeah. And and I think um, in addition to Ted, there's a bunch of coming attractions who I think, you know, we will have on eventually. Um, People may not know about Brian Polian being one who we're going to have on at some point soon, associate head coach at Notre Dame who did a really cool uh, piece with us on the faculty on how to engage with, with millennials. Um, I think Val Ackerman, we haven't had on yet. I'd love to have Val on and talk about women's sports and, and, and her background. Um, You know, we never had David Stern on, although he said he was going to do it before he passed away. Um, The person I I would love to go back in history and have, because I know his background and I know probably more than most people is Vince Lombardi and um, what he meant as a teacher and the value that he put into teaching and to pair him on a podcast with somebody like Bill Belichick would be really interesting to have them talk about how they influence people kind of like what we're going to do with Brian Polian, I, I think would be tremendously, uh, you know, impactful. And as far as people we've had near misses on, we had a near miss with Brian Koppelman. I hope we're going to get him on at some point. You know, he said he would like to do it given his busy schedule now that billions is over. Um, so, you know, lots and lots of people. You know, we yeah. would love to have her on. Joe, so. I just thought of another one, and I think you either know her or can get to her, and hopefully she'd be willing to do it. I'd love to talk to Billie Jean King. Yeah. So that would be yeah. a good one for 2022. Uh-huh. I think that would Annie, be great. But, by the way, Annie Duke, a Columbia graduate, is another oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you talked about having her on before. That yeah. would be cool, too. Yeah. But I, I'll mention one last one from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys know I spent eight years of my career at the NFL. The father of... I mean, he will be considered the father of, of the modern sports industry, would be the former commissioner of the NFL, Pete Rozelle, Pete Rozelle. who is yeah. a legend for those who know the history of sports business and NFL. And a PR guy, started and as a, a PR. Originally a PR guy, but boy, but he, he became a savvy businessman. Yep. And when, and I mean, this is when I say history is, when history is written, it's already been written about that era of the 60s and 70s, but the, the innovations he brought and his ability to work with the owners and bring the NFL to the forefront, essentially replace over the course of a, I don't know, 15 to 20 year period, replace Major League Baseball as the pastime of America. I mean, people still use that phrase, but it's definitely the NFL. You guys know that from just from metrics. Um, Was really just an amazing story. And his instincts about how to use the media, how to use PR, how to build a storyline, the development of NFL films. Think about that. 
they created, they were the first, he was the first visionary to build a real brand around a sports business. David yeah. Stern, I believe, picked that up in the 80s and 90s, obviously, and then and brought that on a global basis and was really aggressive in digital. So he's like one step behind. Uh, but, you know, Joe and I had the good fortune of dealing with him a little bit uh, while he was alive. But but I never got to meet Pete Rozelle. He had retired by the time I joined the NFL. Mm-hmm. Tagliabue was the commissioner at the time who did a good job in his own right. But uh, Pete Rozelle is a legend. And um, anyway. You know, and, and one thing I will say is uh, the frustration. And literally, as we were on this, I got a text from someone who I thought we were going to have on. Um, her name is Jen Rottenberg, and she's got an amazing job, an amazing background in the company she's at right now. She said she went to the corporate PR people and they're like, well, we don't we don't really do those type of things where you talk about yourself. I mean, come on, get over yourself. And yeah. and that's you know, I've had this conversation in my class, but also with other people in, in the communications business where the gatekeeping and the protecting and the, you know, oh, you know, why would we do that? And and kind of being a little bit too full of ourselves. And there are certain leagues I know where you, you have to go and get an, you have to have an MBA now to work at a league, which is kind of a joke given kind of where where this has come from. So, but, but I, I think what we found with a lot of the guests that we have and we'll continue to have is that you know, there's no errors, no error about most of them. I would say 99.9% of them. And they're willing to tell stories because they enjoy telling stories, not because they just want to talk about themselves. So yeah. that's kind of where we want to take this. I, I always uh, flinch a little bit when we reach out to somebody, Joe, and they and they bring in the, the another the person, the publicist yeah. or corporate communication. That's never a good sign. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and as one piece of advice to you guys, you, you've learned through the program and through all these conversations that when I speak of this continuum from the large bureaucratic monolithic companies of the sports business down to Spry and Zedrun and the startups, there's a really big difference. in Overtime. No, but I'm just saying for, for, for as an employee, there's mm-hmm. a big difference because you're going to be encouraged in most cases in those smaller, less bureaucratic environments to be uh, to make more of a contribution, to be more outspoken, to be a little bit more ambitious, because that's the nature of small businesses trying to grow with smart people. But at a large company, you have to play your role in the bureaucracy, whether you like it or not. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, mm-hmm. but it's really different. And I've spoken to plenty of people where I've asked about asked them would they like to be on the show, and they kind of hesitate a little bit. I said, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't know what I could say and can't say." I said, "That answers my question. Thank you. I'll move on to the next person." Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's just something to think about because you don't want to lose what's really most important. Ultimately, it's not the brand of the company you work for at any given point in your career. It's your brand. It's your reputation. It's your name. It's your image and likeness. It's your NIL that you got to worry about. And one way to do that is by participating when you get invited uh, you know, probably next year you'll get invited to be, to be alumni speakers. Like there's an alumni event next week and maybe you'll be speaking in a couple of years at that uh, at, on panels, guest lecturing, being a course assistant, whatever. That's all really good stuff because you're helping build your, uh, your knowledge base and your network and you're putting yourself out there to create, to start building on that brand that everybody's got to build in one way or another. So cool. Yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. Wait, so Joe, they they asked for advice, a little bit more advice on their careers. So what are you going to say to that? I just gave my answer. Marry Rich. No, just kidding. (laughs) No, no. I I think it's the same thing. I I think that, you know, uh, and we've said this before, is when you leave a job, you know, that hammer that you take with you suddenly gets a lot smaller. And the only thing that you take with you is the human capital that you have and the reputation that you have and how you treat people and what you do for people. So that, you know, when we've had Ezra Kuchar's on the DraftKings talking about getting stuff done, you know, what can you do to help me get from point A to point B? And then are you a good citizen? And, and, and you know, what do people say about you when you are not in the room? Uh, and it better be something at least moderately positive because otherwise you're never going to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And, and sometimes you're going to be the hammer and sometimes you're going to be the nail, which is true with everybody in life and all walks of life. But I think one, um, related specific piece of advice I'd say is as you get older and you have more experience, you have more insights, you have more connections, whatever you'll be asked 
uh, for favors, for help, etc. And um, I'm always reminded of the famous book that Adam Grant, the very well-respected social psychologist, did called Givers, Takers, <clears throat> and Matchers, uh, basically dividing the, the world into three types of personalities. People that are very selfish and they just take, 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 never help in return. People who are kind of thinking of it more as a quid pro quo, matchers, and then givers who just, whatever, you need some help, you need a favor, I'll do it for you. I'm not even, no strings attached. That's a really interesting lens to put this through because you're going to be in an industry, which as you guys have learned, is crazily interconnected. Uh, to this day, I mean, Joe and I talk about this all the time, the um, amount of people you run across at different points in your career is, uh, is kind of shocking sometimes as the decades roll by. So that uh, idea of being someone in the uh, either giver or matcher category is kind of important. So, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like the love you take is equal to the love you make, you know, kind of the, the, the business version of that from the Beatles. Uh, anyway, I, I think that's really important. And um, when you're riding high, sometimes you lose sight of that. We've seen that with people kind of in big jobs. Mm -hmm. And when you're low uh, and you need it, you, you, you remember and appreciate the people that have helped you along the way. So anyway. Hey, um, so last question, Ben and Taylor, where can people find you? <laughs> yes, an appropriate question. Yeah. No answer. That's not a good sign. <laughs> no, no, I wanted to go first. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, on Twitter, um, we, we, and on LinkedIn, we post our um, handles and everything in the bio. So, um, you know, but online, um, you know, feel free to reach out as well. Um, I mean, I have no problem giving, if anyone's ever reached out to me, whether about the program, about the podcast, you know, I have no problem exchanging my phone number and, and email. Um, but uh yeah, at tdbernardo33 um, on Twitter uh, would, I guess, be the, the first place I would, I would look, and then we can connect from there. Cool. Ben? Yeah, link, LinkedIn is, is definitely the quickest, easiest, uh, most efficient way from my end. So uh, hope to hear from you if you've made it this far on the podcast. Cool. <laughs> uh, everybody skips to the end for the, for the career advice, I guess. Well, guys, thank you uh, for sharing all your thoughts and thank you most importantly for helping us out over the last year and a quarter. It's been a blast. Uh, you guys have been real sports and I know that this hasn't been easy with the pandemic at both as students and as uh, members of the Columbia community and, and, and our uh, producers doing your jobs and things like that. But um, it's not lost on us how, uh, how great an effort everybody made during that time. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. The feelings mutual. I mean, this is, it is bittersweet. I, it's, I hope we can still be involved in some capacity, even as nope. we not allowed transition, <laughs> even if it's on a more personal level. I mean, uh, we, we love you guys and it, it's been a lot of fun. So. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we appreciate it guys. And look, good luck with um, your endeavors post uh, graduation next month. You will be fine. Um, I, and it's funny, I was just thinking of you guys this morning when I read probably the same article that maybe you guys read, or I, I, Joe, I suspect Joe definitely read the story from Sportico, Joe, about the employment situation. Yeah, very uh, well done, by the way. Lynn Perna and Scott Carmichael, another great guest that we yeah. had, um, which was to say that the industry, broadly defined, sports industry, is really having trouble hiring entry mid-level people right now. And they said specific areas. One of them was analytics. One of them was sponsorship sales. One of them was ticket sales. So anyway, I, I don't want to keep rambling on an advice, but just because you were to go, let's say, into a sponsorship sales job at age 30 or 29 or whatever, doesn't mean, as I like to say, it's a life sentence. It just means that was your proverbial foot in the door. So when everybody's looking at these opportunities right now, if you can keep that in mind, that there are a lot of jobs open, allegedly, and number two, there's a lot of new companies popping up. Should you be interested on that other side of the continuum? So the Dapper Labses and the Zed Runs and the Candies and things like that. Well, they're hiring people and they're not hiring people our age. <laughs> they're hiring young people. So anyway, just bear that in mind. Um, we appreciate everybody listening. And I want to reiterate a point Joe made 
a minute ago or a couple minutes ago about our openness to hearing from anybody listening about ideas for the show and ideas for guests. We, um, this is for you guys, and we want to make sure that we um, keep up a, a good flow of interesting people to keep the uh, tradition alive. So don't hesitate to reach out to Joe at Joe Fab on Twitter, me at Convergence TR. You can always find us through Columbia. Um, but seriously, don't hesitate. We're all ears. Thank you all for listening. Final thank you to Ben and Taylor. Good luck, guys. Have a happy 2022. And um, we'll see you on the next show. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.